Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new fan's guide to Formula One in the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. What's up? So we are back after what I'll call an unscheduled summer break for FNG1. Why did we not record after Monaco? That um, one was my fault, right? Well, that was Memorial Day weekend. Technically, I was out of town until Sunday. I, think, I really think we just wanged it on that one and forgot to. Well, no, because I think something happened Monday. I was out of town until Sunday um, afternoon. Yeah. And I, the week just kind of got away from us. I think we just fucked us. up. And then we, I thought, okay, no problem. We'll just record after the Spanish Grand Prix. And then I immediately left town <laughs> for a week. I just didn't think of those two things coinciding. So... We're back for our first episode that's going to discuss an actual race that happened... In a month? Since Miami. When did Miami happen? It's uh, been a minute. About a month ago. About a month ago. So sorry about that. Although you did get our special Imola episode, which I think may be our best one. If you haven't listened yet, you should. That's our most popular episode. Is it? It Pro might be. I'll have I don't to know. I have to, I'd have to check the stats, but... Anyway, we are here to actually talk about races. We're going to talk about both races that we missed. That's Monaco and Spain. So let's just dive straight into Monaco, which I found out two minutes ago. Sean, you never watched this race. <laughs> no, I was in California that weekend. And, and in none of the time after that where you're like, oh, I should check that out and see what happened. I knew enough. <laughs> So, no, we okay. were following live timing Saturday morning um, because, you know, California time was at a decent time and uh, it was pretty early. And we uh, I saw what happened when Leclerc qualified third. I was like, oh, OK, that's probably all I need to know for Monaco. And then I saw the penalty and I was like, that's definitely all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so have you watched highlights or anything? No, I know what happened. Like I followed I followed the live timing. So I was flying back s Sunday morning. Uh, and we were basically following the live timing. I was on Twitter kind of during the race. So I generally but know what happened. But you haven't seen any of it. I mean, I saw clips, especially the okay. best clips. Wait, of which there were many. Oh, there that was an exciting ones. ass race. Yeah, there were some funny things that happened. There were some awesome things that happened. I mean, there's that, there's that usual first like two laps of Monaco that is just carnage. Well, in any restart that they have, if you pack up a bunch of cars too close together in Monaco with the size that they are now, nothing good happens. No. In the first lap, you may have missed it, but in the hairpin, I forget who it was. I think it was Stroll got caught between Albon and a Haas and literally ping-ponged back and forth between the two of them like three times. It was fantastic. The, the most Stroll highlight I saw was his later adventures. Yeah, well, he had a lot of misadventures. They eventually retired his car, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it he hit taken... two walls within two corners. Yeah, it had taken far too much battle damage <laughs> to be useful anymore. But it was a very Stroll race. He's been, I feel like Stroll has been out of form lately in that he's been kind of racing pretty well. I mean, his car's pretty good. But also, he hasn't been just careening into shit in a while, so... That felt like a return to form to me. It was good to see him back the way he was. We had a lot of things that trended back towards the mean at Monaco. 
we did. I'm assuming that's a that's a glancing blow at Ferrari and their strategy. That, that was actually more specifically a glancing blow at Sergio. But yes, we'll, we'll yeah, also okay. discuss Ferrari. Well, we can talk about Sergio's uh, weekend that never was. Uh, the worst part of Sergio's weekend for me being the fact that he crashed during qualifying and they had to airlift the Red Bull car out. Yeah. Which was exactly what everyone but Red Bull wanted to have happen. Yes. So how long do you think before everybody has completely replicated their floor design? Oh, it'll it'll be hard to replicate, but there's probably some good ideas in there. Okay. Yeah, it'll be really hard to replicate just from an image. I mean, I don't know. There's some pretty fancy stuff you can do with imagery, and I don't know how good of the photos they got, but... uh, They're pretty good. I've seen some highly detailed stuff. Just as a professional tip, I do some work uh, with R&D and photogrammetry and and processing images to recreate 3D objects. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure... Are we talking about industrial espionage? You don't have to be specific. No, no, no. (laughs) For actual planned uses. But I am sure that somebody is trying to do that. It's not that useful unless you have the rest of the concept nailed. But I'm sure there's a few good ideas in there, given how advanced that floor is. Okay. Well, not great news for Red Bull, certainly not great news for Sergio, who started in what, like 16th or 20th? Did he start in 20th? Yeah, because yeah, he was the first person did. out. And so he, it, it's funny because I rewatched Monaco recently to try and refresh my memory for this episode. And on the at the end of the first lap, he pitted to put on hard tires because yep. he started on mediums. And it's very funny in a freezing cold takes kind of way that the announcers are like, this is great strategy for Red Bull. Sergio won't be pitting again for the rest of the race. Yep. Sergio ended up pitting six times. Yeah, he had a really bad race. He couldn't stop hitting things either. And also getting hit. Hitting things and then they put the wrong tires on. It was just a shit show for him. He attracted a, a Russell hit. Yeah, he collected a Russell hit. He uh, rear-ended a Haas, I believe, at, at some point. Yeah, he had a he had a bad weekend. Kind I think of he clipped a, an Alpine at one point. He's had a pretty bad run. Yeah, it's, this has not been a great stretch. I mean, we we got we got Sergio's dad getting in the media saying this is Prost versus Senna, and, and he's going to take the fight to Max, and then it's like, oh look, this is a person drowning. Well, you know. This is why parents should stay out of it. But Alpine got a podium. My boy Ocon. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was awesome. I was really happy for that dude. They made a couple of smart strategy decisions and it paid off. Yeah, and the car was Plus, quick. he drove the pants off of it. Yeah, the car was quick in qualifying. I think putting himself in fourth. I mean, that. Oh, probably- no, I think he did. He- wait, did he qualify fourth? He qualified fourth. Okay. He started yeah. third, which is pretty much a race. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, for what it's worth, they they made all of the right steps. Like, they didn't yeah. have a bunch of missteps, which was really good. You pretty would, much, with a sane, stable strategy, will finish where you started in Monaco. And this is a this, dig at This Ferrari. year, notwithstanding. <laughs> in general. I mean, they finished one, two, three. Who was they fourth? They did. No. They're, who was fourth? Was the it? middle of the pack, I think Hamilton was fourth. The middle of the pack was a little chaotic. Well, yeah, there was a lot of mistakes in there, and then it got. Chaotic. And there was then there was a lot of sliding cars sliding, like oh, signs. Yeah. Signs, signs is very slow 
pirouette into the overrun lane was great. That was funnier from live timing. Because I was like, okay, no one's really going to pass. Wait, how did LeClaire get around signs? <laughs> it just happens so slowly. It's like those videos you see of people uh, from like Texas driving around. On ice? Trying, no, trying to get into like a ski slope parking lot. Oh, yeah. And they just slowly spin and you can see the Mercedes that they're going to hit. And they're not going to hit it for like 20 more seconds. But, but you, you know, know they're not going to stop. Right. So good. Of... Uh, Alonzo's gamble on the slick tire when everyone went to Reigns. I don't know enters. what I don't know what the thought was because I think they claimed it wasn't. He was claiming it wasn't a mistake because they didn't know when it was going to rain. But it, on the other hand, he had like a ton of time behind him. Like, just don't pit. I'm why not sure why they pitted Max? when they did. I mean, he was saying that they he had decided that the only way they were going to catch Max was to do the opposite of whatever he did right. and then just hope that was the right move. But then he went in first. So he couldn't do the opposite of what Max did because he hadn't seen what Max and did. And Max yet. had a lot in hand. I think the only thing, I guess the only hope there is you get on tires, you start closing up the gap. But then if it rains, you both have to pit. I mean, the only way, to, the only strategy there works is the undercut. But I thought at that point it seems pretty much like it's definitely going to rain. It's just when it's going to rain. Yeah, I, it seemed like it was worth a shot. And then I was reading about it that basically they determined that even if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have caught Max anyway. So no. he still got second. So it didn't really matter. No, it didn't matter. I mean, because Max had firm control of where he was. He was yeah. like eight to ten seconds up. There was no real risk i guess the only thing that alpine could try was try to undercut max but yeah and hope it never rains happen. but like yeah that's not gonna happen because even if it wasn't raining and he's gaining two seconds a lap they'll just immediately pit max and match so am i correct in understanding that like every year they talk about whether or not they're going to keep doing monaco oh yeah yeah they can't ever stop right i don't think they can no they can't i would be devastated and i've been following formula one for not very long but I knew this course from when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it is pretty boring when you kind of, once qualifying's done, you kind of know what's going to happen. And then yeah, it's but just, it's so cool. Yeah. The whole thing's just so cool. No, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, you, you really watch, you have to watch it in kind of the totality of the weekend because the, the race, I mean, this year, notwithstanding, isn't usually going to give you anything. But you're watching this the, year the, gave us a lot, though. Yeah, because it rained. Right. <laughs> but uh, but not you know, you're watching the totality of the weekend. The point is more about winning, not like the excitement of the the single race event itself. Yeah. Uh, while I'm while we're generally not going to talk about just general. Oh, Max and Red Bull did great. His qualifying lap in Q3 was pretty spectacular to watch yeah i mean i i saw the the all the the chatter about how close to the walls he was i mean that's what it takes every year right ever well and just the fact that he made up all that time in the shortest sector yeah was unbelievable partially like, that car is a rocket ship right so i mean it, it there was and some he drove it like an absolute lunatic for that last bit yeah. I mean, he drove it like he wanted to die. Yeah, but I mean, that's the only way to do Monica, right? Every year you get those clips of those guys right on the wall. Whoever's on pole, you'll have all those shots. And then you have when they miss by 
half an inch, which is signs bending it on Saturday <laughs> morning or whatever when he broke the front and, suspension. And Leclerc the year before. Well, that was, was his second lap. Two years ago, it was two years ago when he got, had the first pull lap and then sent it on the second, and he tried to close down the third and just blew up the front end. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they basically have it right on the edge. Like Alonso said the same thing. Like he took chances he would have never taken because the only way to get on pole there is to do that. Right. Do you have, without having actually watched this race, do you have a driver of the week? Is it Max? This is the only, I'm not, I generally am trying not to pick Max for these, but it's Max. I mean. It was a perfect race. It was a perfect weekend for Max. Like, nothing went wrong. No, not really. So, I'm I'm going to give it to him. I mean, there was just no one else did anything for what it's worth, he's not my driver of the week for Spain, which we can talk about now. Okay. Right? Do we have other stuff to say about Monaco? Not really. It was fun. There was some funny stuff that happened. I mean... Was there? Oh, yeah. yeah just wait, no, in crashing. Monaco there was. I'm sorry. I'm already... My brain's already Czech, in Spain. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the first sign of Checo's championship death with, I think, maybe it leads into Spain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we predicted that this would happen eventually. Yeah, it happened maybe quicker than I thought, but see, I feel like he's right on schedule. I, I th- and I think I think where it's going to be, we'll we'll see. But we may get the it stops being fun anymore in about by mid June or mid July. I kind of feel like mentally you're already there. What? Where it's not fun to make fun of Sergio anymore? Oh, I thought you meant where just the season isn't. Oh fun no, anymore. The, the season's <laughs> eh. but no, Sergio's. I'm talking about Sergio's arc. Oh yeah, that will quickly become uninteresting. Yeah, because you know they talk about is the pressure off now? Actually, what would be win. interesting is to see where he ends up. I mean, it won't be in, he won't be winning the championship, but there's the potential for him to plummet. If he doesn't finish P2, this is the last time he drives a Red Bull. Interesting. They'll fire him if he doesn't finish P2. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll have to have conversations about who they hire. I know who I want it to be. Is it Hamilton that you want? Yuki. Yuki would be the absolute funniest. Oh, my God. He's been pretty solid. Wait, I I want that too now. (laughs) I don't think that would necessarily be a good idea, but it'll be funny. Okay, I'm already done with Sergio. Let's bring on Yuki. <laughs> Can Friendship you imagine with Sergio. strapping that crazy asshole into that Red Bull? I mean, he'd probably get you a lot of second places right now. He's been pretty solid. It's true. He's still going to get murdered by Max, but... Yeah, well, yeah. I guess they could maybe sign Lando, but... Uh, that would be wonderful, too. And it, it, that would be weird because Max and Lando get along, which yeah. is rare... For anybody to get along with Max. Max gets along with Charles and Lando. I don't think he really likes George. I think he said he also likes... Uh, Albon? No, Alonzo. Uh, that that wouldn't work. There's no way. They'd kill no, each other. No, no, not that they would. I just he was listing off drivers that he gets along with in some interview. <laughs> oh, okay. I think he said Russell was, didn't list them off, but said there's three drivers on the grid that aren't worth racing against. Because you can't trust them and they have no spatial awareness. And I don't know why he's listing oh. himself, but he's definitely like <laughs> number three on that list. Who do you think he was meaning? It's absolutely Lance. Lance is certainly one of them. I think maybe Yuki. Because he doesn't Yuki? Have, he does enough wild stuff or has in the past. You have to look at longevity. How long has Russell raced them? See, I would have said Nick DeVries. I don't think he's raced him enough, though. 
I do understand the sentiment and Logie Sarge too. Um, I think he's up there, but he they haven't been there long enough. It's got to be somebody think he doesn't anybody like. Anybody is interacting with Logan Sargent enough to, to have that be a concern. So yeah, it might be Devries, but and then somehow himself because George somehow hits somebody pretty regularly. Fair enough. Um, okay, well, we're done talking about Sergio's for- forgettable week. Let's talk about Charles's forgettable week Ugh. in Spain. Yeah, that was bad. That was a, that was just rough to watch. He was out in Q3. Yeah, like legit, like just what the fuck? Something's wrong with the car. Like something was wrong with the car. Something was wrong with the car, and he was clearly unhappy I, with it. Th- there's two things. There's either something's wrong with the car, or he's quit. Because on merit, it I it, mean, b- it boggles the mind. That it's not really, yeah, it's not really like a hot take to say like Leclerc doesn't qualify like that. No, it was really weird to see. If he bend it and ended up 19th. Okay, yeah, that's that, understandable. That's totally plausible. <laughs> but like, you know, he had two purple sectors and crashed in the third sector. Believe that 100%. Don't get me yeah. wrong there. I've seen that. <laughs> but um, I've seen that after he already had pole too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, so they, ch- I, you know, I've gotten into some real sicko shit and started reading the Italian media websites which I have to open wow. in Safari and translate. Um, Sean, I'm worried about you. Well, yeah, because I'm like, where can I get the hottest the hottest takes and the most How hot are the takes about Ferrari in the Italian Ooh, media? They are pretty... Well, there's only a couple websites, but they are very um, bipolar and also very poetic in their writing. A lot of well, metaphors. yeah. There's a lot of metaphors. But um, it's kind of going back and forth, but the interesting one is like, they basically supposedly they've torn that car apart looking for a cracked chassis because they can't figure out why it was so erratic. But the current one is they think they messed up a setting in the car. And when they did the hard reset, when it goes to park for May, reset the car. Okay. That is the rumor or that is the, the rumor coming out of the Ferrari factory is somebody basically fucked up. The so diff setting what you're saying is he was running in like windows seven safety mode. Basically, yeah, they they had the gearbox in safety mode, and the you know the the it was uh, waiting for him to hit F eleven, and the ECU was running Linux, and neither one of them were talking to each other. <laughs> this tracks, but whatever it was, like something was off with that car. But there, fundamentally, something is wrong. I it doesn't really make sense to me because he complained in the race that like it drove one way on hard tires for the first stint and another way on the second stint, and while Sainz's race wasn't perfect. He he complained about irregularity and it not being consistent, but it wasn't like that. How much of this is in Leclerc's head? Uh so there's there's a, I mean that's the other legit possibility. Let, it's in I his mean, head and he's done. Let well, let's let's put it this way. Let's start here. It's a non-zero amount, right? Yeah, it could be. And if it's in his head, he's done. Like he's just not going to race it Ferrari. Okay. And that's probably the if that's really the case, I would say that's the closing the Leclerc window. Oh, uh, that would be a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, because I don't think there's another car he'll get into. And so I think that'll He'd get just into be that Red Bull. They won't hire him. No, they won't hire him, but he would. No, he, no, 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 not that he personally wouldn't get into. Like, I don't think with the available seats, there's a car he would get into that would give him a chance to actually have a window. Well, when Lando... Unless goes, they fired O'Connor so, Gasly. When Lando goes to Red Bull and McLaren's looking for a new driver... Or when, and McLaren's looking for a new driver, and Leclerc's just sitting there with a seat. 
I mean, yeah, I'd love to get Tell a lot me of, they wouldn't. Uh, they'd love to rack up 14th places with Leclerc. <laughs> but they're just the the most gorgeous 14th places you've ever seen. I mean, he'll be qualifying like 6th and finishing 14th, which is exactly one position higher than Lando would have done. He's already doing that except for he's qualifying higher. Nah, he's finish he's at least finishing in the points. <laughs> he's usually finishing in the points. When he qualifies higher, I think Spain's the only one where he did, right? Yeah. Well, and the one T's, the two DNFs. But back to Spain. Is Mercedes back? Ah, uh, they were for Spain. I don't know if you remember last year, but I think they finished second and third in that race too. They feel kind of back though. They finished second and third in Spain last year. But in Monaco they were significantly improved. Were and they? In Spain that yeah. I mean, I mean they Russell qualified of, like twelfth. Yeah, in but that race. they Hamilton finished fourth and Russell finished Hamilton's been on the podium. Oh, I don't know. Hamilton's had multiple podiums this year. I'm just playing devil's advocate to it. Has he? I thought he's had a one. I think he's had multiple. I think he's had two, at least. Okay. Yes, I think their car is much better, and I think changing their concept is better, and I think probably the same thing's going to be for Ferrari. But I think um, I'd be a little leery of the Mercedes back. They did look better in Spain, but they also, you know, even Mercedes is saying Spain favored them. Like they finished second and third last year mm-hmm. in the same race. Now with with a very different car. With a car that they never figured out the rest of the year, right? With the, a with a car that they will never drive again. Correct. But they also said that even the concept that they had, the baseline concept car that they had at the beginning of this year, would have done better because it favors that kind of high speed that that Spain had. The high speed corners. Whereas they so think you're they're gonna struggle. No, Mercedes is not back. Oh, I think they're back. They're probably the second best car. But okay. they're not that's all I was asking. They are not they didn't close the seven tenths to Red Bull. They closed like a tenth or two. It just made oh, okay. it look better. Oh, okay. I think you and I, I think you're misunderstanding my question. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not I, saying, are they going to start winning races over Red Bull? Are they going to start beating uh, Aston Martin? <laughs> I mean, aren't they basically, aren't they in second place in the championship? Uh, I think yeah. that they're, they are now. They weren't before Spain. Okay. But they were very close in the car that was supposedly undrivable. Yeah, so now they're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I this is all exactly what I'm saying. I, I think we got to be careful with how, how good is that car, actually. We'll have to see after a few, because they don't think it's going to be much better. They think Canada, they're going to struggle. Okay. They're worried about Sean Alpine. Sean thinks they're not back. I think they're back. We they're worried about see. Alpine in Canada. Who's worried about Alpine Mercedes in Canada? Mercedes is. Mercedes. Oh, think if you had said Alpine is worried about Alpine well, in Canada, Alpine's always worried about Alpine. There. No, Alpine's confident that they're number two now, after... Ocon's podium. They're they're back. No, they're not because then they didn't do as well in <laughs> Spain. Don't don't tell Alpine that. Well, certainly don't tell Alpine's owner because he'll fucking fly off the handle again. <laughs> no, but I think Mercedes is probably they'll be on a better path for development. I mean, I think both both uh, Ferrari and Mercedes had to bend what they were doing. And open up other directions. Now there's going to be a huge learning curve because yes, they do have these concepts, but they're going to still have to be trying out new things because they've opened up a bunch of new avenues to develop in. Sure. Who's your driver of the week in Spain? I mean, that's probably Max, right? It's not for me. Who is it? For for me, it's Lewis Hamilton. What did he do in the race? 
he was just rock solid and enjoying himself. Yeah. He looked, he looked, he was driving like he, it felt like the first time that I was like, Lewis Hamilton feels like he can kick people's asses right now. It has been a minute since that felt like what he would look like out there, even when he was getting a podium here and there. When did he get P2? You know, that was you know a race how he kept glum he's on. been all season. Yeah. This is, it was refreshing to see him look happy, happy with the car. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's hard to grade Max on a curve right now because he doesn't have, he's not even under pressure. Like, no, he's not. He's just doing his own thing in a, he's, he's Harm, Harlem Globetrotters in the rest of this, this grid and just playing his own game and spinning the ball on his finger and putting it under his jersey and stuff. I mean, like you said, a bad weekend is P2 in that car. Yes, There's, and he's furious about it. It would be it would be embarrassing to do anything worse than P2 in that car. Right. <clears throat> Sergio. Um, where, where, did, where did he start that race? Like 17? Sergio started in... 13th? 11th. 11th. How did he not make Q3? Uh, he just... He just fucking sucked in qualifying i I watched the qualifying he just was not doing well <laughs> and then what i also don't get is like max would have won that race from 11th yes max absolutely would have won that race. it would it wouldn't have been close yeah it would have taken him half the race to get back up to the podium it would have taken him 20 laps at most to get to first place and then he would have just wandered off yeah it's uh it's not really close at the moment um, so I have a couple of, I'm going to do a little throwback here for you. I want to go back to under investigation. Okay. Dope. That's our, that's our old segment from when I didn't know anything and I would ask you questions, but a couple of questions came up in my head in these, in this time off that I at least want your thoughts on. I may already have my thoughts. One of them is a question I don't know. What the fuck does Park Ferme mean exactly? Park Ferme is basically you can't touch the car. Yeah, sorry, after qualifying, you cannot touch the car to change anything about its setup. You are locked after in After qualifying, qualifying, you can't touch the car to change its setup. Correct. So the way the car is set up for qualifying, you're locked in for the race. And so Park Ferme is the time between qualifying and the race? Yeah. Okay. What's up? See, I didn't know that. They always say that, and I'm like, I'm not sure what they mean by that. What does that translate to English? Park. Uh, Closed park. Okay. <laughs> it's a public space. I don't at know night. why that's so funny to me because I didn't know it either. <laughs> but it's just you. I expected something a little more exotic. <laughs> this is a state park at night. Actually, you can't camp here. So. Huh. So anytime that I go to a state park and it's closed, I'm going to say, I understand park Ferme and I'm going to drive off <laughs> park Ferme, Sure. <laughs> I'll change none of the settings. <laughs> um, my other one is, is more one that I have some, some general concepts and thoughts and ideas, but I want your more specific experienced ones. Before we move on, I do want to say that the only plus about park Ferme is if your driver happens to qualify 19th, and is already blown up several parts like ECUs and batteries. The plus side is, is there's no downside to adding a bunch of those to your pool, which is what he did. And just taking the penalties. Leclerc is back on even with everyone else as far as like batteries and ECUs. Nice. Um, in the current 
climate of Formula One and the current rules, there is a cost cap, right? Yeah. Well, for some teams. Right. Red Bull accepted. <laughs> there is a cost cap. We can get extra pickles on our sandwiches at Red Bull. So all of the teams have the same number, right? X number of dollars or Correct. euros or whatever. Yeah. And they're all working with that same amount, right? Correct. And is this an amount that all of them have? Uh, like, is it an amount that they're listing that, like, Williams is like, well, fucking, we don't have that much money, so I it doesn't matter. I think right now all the teams have it. Okay. Now, you got to remember that number excludes the drivers and the top sure. three highest paid technical staff. Okay. That, that makes sense to me. Yep. Why is it and is it true that, for example, Haas will always suck? Resources. Those top three Resources technical staff. Resources to me, though. and maybe I'm being too reductive, sounds like money. <laughs> Yo, know, Ferrari has a billion dollar CFD aerodynamic facility and simulator. So you're saying it's money that was already invested long you, before this cap came in. Well, no, I can spill I can spend a billion dollars on a simulator. And that doesn't count against my cost cap. Okay, it doesn't. No. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is good information. It's like think about an NFL team. It doesn't matter what they spend on training facilities and stadium and all that. But you can absolutely, you are absolutely fixed on how much you can, well, to an extent, fixed on what you can spend on the team. But you can I have would say that, anal, that that uh, comparison falls apart a little bit in that, like, I would argue that Jerry War World, while being very expensive, is actually the cause of a lot of losses for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's discuss Ferrari's simulation facility. <laughs> <laughs> So how does this metaphor fall I apart? I took a big gulp of water right when you said that. So please tell me how this metaphor fell apart. Fucking hell. You know what? I concede the point. You are 100% correct. Forget what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Ferrari spent like $400 million on this simulator facility or something like that. So what you're saying is that Haas will always suck because they're building this car basically in a double wide somewhere in California. I mean, there's, there's multiple parts. There's that. I mean, Haas isn't going to attract the same technical staff that Red Bull will. Winning attracts better staff. So if you were offered a job at Haas, at Red Bull, and at Mercedes, which one would you take, right? I mean, you'd, you'd have a thought. But unless you were dead set on becoming director of a team and you thought maybe in Haas, I can, I can – if I – succeed there a higher risk high reward i'll move up through the company faster right but generally you're going to say like i'll go to red bull because i'll learn from adrian newey and this person and i'll i'll win trophies and i'll experience some wins yeah and then worst case is, is i get poached by mclaren in a few years because i know or ferrari or because i, I know my job at red bull and then Haas hires me. yeah but at the end of the day you'll get because they win you'll happen this happened to mercedes it's happened to red bull right now everybody's going to hire their staff because while you can't take the plans for how their DS, DRS works, you know what, you know, fundamental aerodynamic principles make it so fast. Right. So, it okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to start with my walk through history as I understand it. Recent history. I'm not going, I don't okay. give a shit about what happened in 1982. But Shh. let's say that 
I don't care about what happened prior to 2010. Okay. And in 2010 is when... Vettel wins the first championship. Vettel wins the first championship for Red Bull that eventually became four championships that Vettel won. Yep. And uh, the reason I picked that year is it is my understanding that that is sort of when the current big three became or were that big three. I mean, yeah, because, well, no, because Mercedes hadn't quite hit that yet. Oh, had they not? No, Mercedes was okay. new. They were brand new back. They just been <clears throat> okay. Back a- so flash forward then to twenty, what twenty fourteen is when you have the big three. Twenty fourteen is when we had the big three. Yeah, because you have ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, or Vettel. Vettel leaves for Ferrari, either in fourteen or fifteen. But that's when a couple years before Michael leaves Mercedes, Lewis joins Nico there. The new regs come out for the turbo hybrid era, and that's when Mercedes starts. And they kicked its ass. Yeah. And then basically throughout the turbo hybrid era, you had Ferrari kind of nip in here and there, trying to catch up, and Red Bull kind of with that slow burn that culminated in 2021. And so for nine years, the big three have been the current big three of Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull. Yeah. What set of circumstances has to happen for that to not be the case in the future. I mean, one of them could leave. So you think one of the three best teams in F1 would just say, okay, <laughs> we feel like we've proved our point and just walk away? With big, well, it's not really, it's never going to happen with Ferrari. Right. And I don't think it's going to happen with Red Bull. What else is Red Bull going to do? So yeah, it would this be Mercedes is literally decide, the only thing they do is it would, motorsports of craziness. Exactly. So it's up really just Mercedes decide that they don't need this as a funding. Now, that doesn't mean that that team dies. It's just no longer no, it Mercedes AMG. No, become something else. Now, who could swoop in and pay for that operation would be interesting. And, and given, you know, the partial ownership of Total Wolf and relationships with drivers and staff, you may see it kind of come apart, right? Without the leadership and kind of central organization or Mercedes AMG. But yeah, that's about the only thing that'll happen. I mean, you may see somebody come in and try to challenge, but traditionally that doesn't last, last all that but long. But in your head, there's not a scenario where, say, suddenly Alpine becomes one of the big three. I mean, they could, but they've also been trying to do that for ever at this point. Right. They haven't been that since 2006, 2000, 2005, 2006, when Alonzo won the two won championships. With Renault. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they would be close. They have huge budgets. I think Lawrence Stroll's dumping a ton of money into Aston. I don't really think they will kind of become that perennial power that you're looking for. I mean, smaller teams have been there. I just don't know if it's as feasible now. Okay. Even though there is a cost cap, I still think it kind of makes it, I don't know. I just think having a huge organization, obviously like most things, it's optimized towards, you know, kind of this refinement, massive organization allows you to, you know, win on those edges. Okay. The, your answer is what I was expecting. I just wanted to hear it from you it was what i was thinking but i wasn't really i didn't have the specifics down one one interesting thing about the the cost cap era now the sliding scale on the arrow does change this a little bit but it in some sense i think it handicaps the ability to run down a winner like interesting like 
Red Bull has such an advantage, it's actually harder to catch them because they're spending the same amount of money you're Except allowed to. Except this year when Red Bull is not going to be able to develop it. They can spend as much money as everybody else, though. Yeah, but they can't do as much aero development. They can't do as much aero, but if you're good with your aero concept, and aero may not be why they're winning right now. It's probably more around suspension. Right. Right, and so... Um, because the suspension being stable helps her aero concept. That's why Mercedes moved to a, a um, the Red Bull's suspension up, um, stylization up front to basically prevent the diving into corners to keep the stable platform for the aero. And I think you'll see more move towards that because even you know teams have given away that's where it's at. Red Bull suspension looks like active suspension. It's not active. It's illegal, but it's performing that way. Okay. So that's where I think the biggest advantage may actually be. It's less about what the floor looks like, which is advanced. Don't get me wrong, but basically keeping the floor on the same plane under acceleration and braking and turning um, makes it have a stable flow regime. So you maintain the aerodynamic characteristics under all kind of loads for the car. That's why they have an advantage. So yes, I think it's actually, I think it's still harder in some sense. Like if, if this was 2015 prior would spend, $800 $800 million this year to catch Red Bull. <laughs> right. Okay. So changing topics completely. The other thing that I wanted to touch on because it amused me and it didn't interest me at first, you know, the, the EA sports F1 game. Oh, F1 2023. F1 2023 came out with the new driver ratings for this year. Yep. Which I've never played this game, although I would love to. I literally don't own a system that is capable. So twenty twenty two or twenty, I think twenty twenty two is hard as shit. I will tell you that. Now I think All supposedly right. they fixed it for twenty twenty three, but I will tell you that without like a steering wheel, it is hard as hell. It is so touchy. Gotcha. Well, anyway, none of that actually would have interested me until I watched a video of various drivers being paired up and predicting each other's scores because they had they had not seen their scores come out and so like they had charles and carlos do and they would predict each other's right carlos was predicting charles's charles was predicting carlos's they paired up max and sergio uh valtteri and joe and then the three rookies were together and they put Norris and Russell together. <laughs> and this was interesting because one, I think it was just kind of fun. Them really, they were like, every time one of the categories would come up, they would like eyeball the other one and really think about what number they were going to give them. But also it seemed like surprisingly friendly and fun between Max and Sergio. I don't know why I was expecting them to be a little more, dicks to each other not dicks to each other they're gonna be good on I, camera i don't but think not like they were laughing a lot and like <laughs> joking around i mean i it think was, that part was probably harder for sergio than max <clears throat> it was max is playing nice because there's no reason not to yeah it's the same reason it's uh, it's back to why is alonzo nice to stroll <laughs> fair enough um so do you have any uh I have the stats up here. Are you curious about any of these stats? The categories they have. It's are, what it's pace, pace awareness, is one of them, awareness, experience, experience. And the last one is racecraft. Racecraft, yeah. 
and experience, I mean, is relatively easy. It's basically if you're older <laughs> or if you've done more races, really. But Fernando is just killing the experience category. Yes, Fernando was the 99 in experience. <laughs> um, not, not surprisingly, Sergio was up there, Hamilton. Um, it was the other three that were more interesting. They were all rating themselves like 99 on <laughs> on pace which is pretty fun oh it was uh magnuson and hulkenberg were together and they gave each other 99s for pace and for racecraft amazing <laughs> it's great they like, were i've seen you drive into everybody else well that goes under awareness when you crash into ah, other okay things. that's fair yeah uh, <laughs> which they i think they were more honest about awareness <laughs> um but I don't know. I just thought it was a lot of fun watching them guess each other's stats. Max's awareness being an 85 is pretty funny. That was funny. And I think actually, to his credit, I think he ranked himself an 80. Or he told Sergio to give him an 80 on that. And I think Sergio gave him a 78. Oof. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but I don't know. I that, mean, that was... you don't have to pay attention to much when you're by yourself. It's true. It, it used to be a bigger problem. <laughs> And now he just gets out in front where there's more space. But I don't know. Maybe there's nothing there. I thought it was amusing. Um, do we have any Ephanon? Or is has Ephanon died this year? Uh, I mean, uh, it's going to have to be a new one because somebody's going to have to topple the Red Bull dynasty. I think there'll be an interesting one when L- Lawrence has to fire his own son. I'm not sure how that's going to play into Ephanon, but... Yeah, because that has to happen, right? Yeah, because that car... This car is too good for what he's doing to it. I think to Spain, that was the second best car on the grid. And they're not in second right now on points. And yeah. uh, and Lord knows it's not Alonso's fault. <laughs> yeah, and Alonso not passing him towards the end of even Spain was more Alonso just playing nice. Right. I think supposedly his dad, I didn't see, I saw some headline that his dad kind of has said that something along the lines, he needs to perform well in Canada. That will be interesting. It would be incredible if he fired his own son. It would be predictable. It would give us something to talk about. It would. Actually, I, I mean, in a weird way, I'm going to miss him. He's a lot of fodder for this, for this show. He, he's actually pretty solid. And then he does just random stupid stuff. Also, he's a much too fast of a car to be trusted. He needs to be further down the pack. <laughs> I miss the old days in his pink car that was always upside down all the time. <laughs> he was upside down a lot. Okay. I don't have anything for the new bit. Maybe we'll just go ahead and close this out. This is a longer episode, but not that long. No. I think we kept this pretty uh, pretty lean and quick. It helped uh, that I didn't watch one of the races. <laughs> it did help. <laughs> You didn't have a lot to say about the the nuts and bolts of that race. Next one is Canada, which if I get this out tomorrow, practice for Canada starts the day after. Yeah, so so you can all listen as prep for practice because practice won't start at six in the morning. It'll start at like 11 or 12. Yeah. It's on our time again. Thank you to RCBO5 for our cover art. Thank you to Chris King for our theme song. The track is Count Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulse. And we will see you guys after Canada. See you. Thanks.
We don't need to know how few people are listening to this. I try not to look at that much. I assume that SoundCloud captures polls from other sites. Probably. I've never confirmed that. It has to. Nobody listens to shit directly out of SoundCloud, right? I don't don't even do that. And I'm the one that owns our SoundCloud account. (laughs) 